One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Uh, Here we are in the Rugby Dungeon for one more podcast before Christmas. A a bonus podcast just to say thank you for listening this year and uh, in what has been a very, very trying, and will be for a lot of people, a very trying festive period. We thought we'd do what we could to try and ease that slightly with just an extra little podcast. A mailbag podcast uh, with some of the correspondence we've had and just some some discussions that that will lead to. Uh, I'm Tim, that's JB. Hello, Tim. And that's Phil. Hello, Tim. Actually, do you know what I'm going to start with? I'm going to start I'm, I'm going to start with this. An old if you've been listening to the podcast for several years, you might remember this. Um <laughs> JB, do you remember do you remember doing this? Do you remember your song that you made? I do remember my song. I was very proud of that. <laughs> It's the most rebellious time of the year. Discussions, concussions, collusion with Russians, Johnny May's fixed career. It's the most rebellious time of the year. It's the most professional season we've had. Props getting lean, mince pie flavoured protein, we are catching the ball. It's the most professional season of all. Passes be fizzing, back lines they be sizzling, and fly halves be playing gung ho. Men stood drunk at the bar, self and stuck in their car, Alison Pollock shouting, oh no, my ball! It's the most rugbyest time of the year. Wow. Oh, I finished abruptly. Apologies for that. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> so I've got to say, uh, I made that three years ago. Amazing how many of those things are still in the news. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> although uh, although um, Donald Trump fixed career, not Johnny May in the end. Yes, that's a good point. Well, no, hang on. <laughs> Johnny May loosened it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, yeah. he was, he was like opening the jar. Johnny, yeah, Johnny Marr loosened it. Trump just came and popped the lid off. I didn't realise how tune I was on those long notes. Mate, I loved it. It's great. You you started off great, beautifully in tune, and then maybe some of the high ones didn't quite hit. 
couple of couple of flat notes, but we'll let you off. Yeah, I'll have to certainly, redo that. Certainly a lot better than I could have done. For sure. I, I, mi- I missed Phil's wonderful Stalin last week that you made. It was delicious, actually. Absolutely delicious. Oh, yeah. I've, sadly, I've finished it all now, Tim. Um, maybe, maybe in the new year. Well, maybe next year. That's fine. Who that's knows? absolutely fine. Um, so, yes, uh, we are um, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and contact deadchasers at gmail.com. Let's dive into the mailbag, JB. What's going on? Right, so what I'll do is, if you've just emailed us, I'll say thank you for your email, because we've got it, so we can acknowledge it. And if there is a um, if there is a question, I will read it, and then we'll try and answer that question. Does that sound reasonable? Sounds reasonable to me, mate. Uh, so, yeah. th- so thank you to, to um, Lawrence Hill. I really thought it was Lauren Hill when I first saw it. But, uh, I know <laughs> that, that thing, that <laughs> thing. Well, I know she's a massive Egg Chasers fan, actually. Wyclef Jean is as well. Is he? Not all of the Fugees, massive rugby fans. Yeah, it's weird, though, because they no longer talk. So you know, if they were going to come back together, it'd be over yep. rugby, I would yep, hope. Yep, 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 <laughs> uh, So... Uh, let me have a look. So we've got Dunk. I don't know what Dunk's full name is, but maybe he wouldn't like us to uh, to um, mention his full name anyway. Okay. Um, recent news of B- of BT's pre- Premiership deal potentially off. Could Tim please use all of his influence to uh, influence at BT? By the way, that's considerable to get them to buy the rights for the Pro 14 or whatever number it will be. Uh, so Tim, you do have quite a lot of influence. Um, Obviously. Yeah. Would you like BT to be with the Pro 14? I think for rugby fans, it would be great to have uh, have m- multiple products all on in the one place. I haven't watched a single Pro 14 game you know, since think... it went to Premier Sport. That's a good point. I pay for them. Uh, I pay, <laughs> I think, £100 a year to watch half of the Pro 14 final every year. I mean, that, that's literally what I do. Because I, I never, I never t- tune in. I have tried to... I watched a build-up once of a, of a Premier Sports production. Actually, I understand that it's the same company that does B, B, uh, the BT stuff, but it doesn't feel like it. So I got I got so far, I thought, I can't watch this. This is, this is just not good enough. So, uh, I've, uh, I've, I've got a, a Twitter DM from Jonathan Bamf here. Oh, yes, please. Who said, uh, firstly, a big thank you for the pod and keeping us uh, going through COVID. It felt almost strange to listen to... Um, oh, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, he says... Uh, oh, anyway, I'm not going to just read out loads of amazing oh, things that oh, he's go talking on, about do it. no 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 I'll jump, I'll jump to the bit where he gets <laughs> to the question it's all va- yes thank you Jonathan that's lovely lovely stuff you're saying anyway uh, he says a question for you to ponder I met a great girl about 18 months ago this has, is for us to ponder is, yeah yeah who has, no, who has no interest in rugby uh, but was open to being convinced good okay, uh, okay. Uh, you got an open minded girl good good uh, my master plan was going to be a few visits to Twickenham Rome away etc then she would be hooked but COVID scuppered this year. Oh, no. The question is, where to go first <clears throat> next year when I'm able to? Iconic rugby experiences with a good bit of apre uh, match. He said he went went to Cardiff Uni, so Wales under the roof will be mandatory. But on the club side, Exeter, Ulster, Claremont. Uh, so he, he just he basically said, I only signed up to Twitter, or he described called it Twitter, Purely to say, thank you for the podcast um, and to give you a potential topic. Um, so there you go. Excellent. So, so when you're able to again, where should you make? Where should he make a beeline for? Particularly as he's trying to convert his uh, okay his other half. So the most important thing is about this question is he needs to convert convert his other half. So the actual rugby side of this is not important, you know. So he's right. 
if you want great rugby, you don't go to Rome, do you? You go to Rome for great Negronis. Yes. Yes. Okay. So he's already got half the equation right there. Now, if I was to give him advice, I would say there's only one thing on my calendar. No, there's two things on my calendar which, I, which I'd be tempted to do. One, the inaugural Monaco Sevens. I mean, Ooh, yes. I mean, that, how can that go wrong? So not only do you have the party atmosphere of Sevens, you're doing it in Monaco. I can't think of how that can go. If the rugby is rubbish, well, actually, nobody knows what the rugby is like at sevens because they're all they're all so drunk. I mean, there it's are irrelevant. Whole, yeah, there are stadiums of people that have never seen a game of sevens who are who are at the sevens. That is a whole day thing, though. Whereas you're kind of you're in Monaco, you're, you're not going to be drinking in the bars in Nice up the road up the coast. You could do. You're going to be in the stadium the whole time watching sevens, unless you're yeah. JB. When JB would be like, after half an hour, should we should, should we, we go? go? <laughs> There's no Ooh. point saying here. When when JB and I went to the London Sevens with friend of the pod Ryan Kiesel uh, last year was it last year twenty nineteen yeah. which was a brilliant day out the most rugby we watched all day was when the Premiership final was on and we <laughs> stayed inside for eighty minutes we, <laughs> yes. we were outside intermittently during the game to watch little glimpses of Sevens uh, to, so yeah. it's kind of irrelevant the rugby it's things like do you want to go outside and hang out with Brian with Brian Habana. No, I'm watching the rugby. My shout would be <laughs> my shout would be Claremont because for, for two reasons here. It was a beautiful, beautiful town, Gothic architecture. It's gorgeous. Just sitting out in the piazza and having a having an espresso under the dappled shade of a tree in the in the little Gothic square is gorgeous. The, the atmosphere is unbelievable, and it's something that every rugby fan should tick off. But here's the other thing: mm-hmm. Do you know who funds Claremont? The tyre company. Yeah, which tyre company? Continental. Michelin. Michelin, Michelin, of course, yeah. Michelin being uh, Cape, Cape... Yeah, they, yeah. They, which is where the Michelin restaurant book came from. That had something to do with roads, didn't it? And yes, travelling. that's exactly it, right. It, it was to convince people to use their cars. Yeah. Because people, people had these vehicles and no one had, had, was used to travelling long distances um, because you had no way of doing it before that so the book was written to highlight good places so you could actually use your car very cool i like that anyway it's got the highest density of michelin star restaurants anywhere that's a brilliant shout actually so yeah yeah, that is a great shout so foodie paradise amazing rugby mecca and a gorgeous town well my last one was going to be something completely random which is as i understand it philip is it no, Xavier, Xavier's name, Xavier Garbajosa, did used to run the Six Valleys rugby tournament, which is played during ski season on snow. Oh, yeah, you have mentioned this before. Yeah, yeah you have. Now, Ian Bolshaw brought this up to me, uh, and it's basically a little bit of a knees up for ex-professionals and ex-internationals. So if you want to combine skiing and rugby, maybe look into that one too. Mm. Now... I think those are sensational suggestions from both of you, but I'm I'm going to take the opposite tact actually, oh. and suggest you do what I do with my uh, wife, who doesn't particularly like rugby, is let her do her sewing and uh, baking <laughs> and dressmaking and crafty stuff and so life saving. Don't forget and, li- and life's a very important life safety life saving, so that uh, I can go to the rugby with the boys when I get the opportunity, the few weeks of the year that I get the opportunity to do so, I can enjoy it with them and a few pints. Uh, oh. So my, my suggestion is, next year, 
whatever you do, wherever you go with your lovely girlfriend, um, next year, definitely get to the tier two part three that we will be doing as soon as the world allows yes. us to. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, alternatively, if you do want to put her off rugby so you can just go away with the boys, take her to Sail Sharks. The AJ what? Bell. Come on. <laughs> I'm joking. Come I'm joking. Go, go by yeah, car. Funny, though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, yeah, well, so there you go. Hopefully that sorted you out, Jonathan. Thank you very much for your message and your kind words, JB. Yeah, so a uh, big thank you to um, Rob Spink, whose uh, whose father was 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 an air an air marshal, unbelievably. Wow. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a big deal. Uh, ben, um, Ethan John John Banfield has uh, emailed us too, so thank thank you to him and Ben McKenzie. Uh, basically wants to bring up bring up something which has been very 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 annoying and i can certainly see where he's coming from based on resourcing the ruck he has pointed out that lots of your mates tim on the t- on the telly are using the word learnings which is the which is not a word we have to take oh we take our learnings where is this from <laughs> yeah it's that's... awful isn't it i've never noticed it i've not really thought about it but DORs say this, don't they? And players, yeah, we, we took our learnings. Because uh, mm. it doesn't sound as lesson. It's a lesson. It's not a learning. It's a lesson. There's a word for it already. It's a lesson. It doesn't. I'm just looking it up because it doesn't sound as you, as you're saying it, JB. It sounds a bit weird, but it didn't didn't immediately sound offensive to me. What? Uh, yes, is it correct to say learnings? Yes, the plural of learning is learnings. It's as established expressions as new experience as a medical term. Now that is from, hmm, that's from a, that's not from an Oxford dictionary or a Cambridge dictionary. But, but and, it's, and uh, I, it's I know, acceptable. JB, you, you have had, um, you have really taken umbrage with the word, with uh, Stuart Hogg a few weeks ago when he said, we, we, we'll learn from it when he's uh, in a Scotland shirt. Oh yeah. Learn from losing badly. If you, you really didn't like, did you? No, because if you're the international captain, you shouldn't be learning. You should have the answers. I don't have time for <laughs> learning right now. I'm paying you so much money. You're not here to learn. You're here to win. <laughs> <laughs> we're, on, we're on a journey. I think probably you just you dislike in general, and I can understand it. The whole we're on a journey, yeah. it's learning. It's a step. We'll we'll come back stronger. All the rest of it. If I wanted someone to learn, I play Josh Hodge. Josh Hodge would start every every single game. Is he in your fancy rugby draft team? By he the is way? actually. Yeah. Oh right, I see. Okay. Uh, if I wanted someone to win, I'd start Stuart Hogg. So that's how. It would be. Oh, mind you, to be fair, he was in a, he was in a Scotland shirt. So you know, anyway, same principle. But, but then again, you know, all all the great people say a, a great character is someone who's constantly learning and striving to get better on a journey. JB on a journey, love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Life's about the journey, not not the destination. Absolutely. JB. You need you need to get that in massive pink letters above your fridge or on your hall, <laughs> or, or just spray paint it to my uh, to my wall, or a tattoo. Exactly, tattoo. Yeah, because I've got many <laughs> tattoos. So, <laughs> so something which you told me, Tim, right? Um, and it really struck home, which is if you like a phrase that much, remember it. Yeah, I, I said that. I said that to someone who said they wanted to get a, they wanted or, to get a tattoo of a phrase or something. I, that was my response. I said, write it down. Just remember it. <laughs> and that's the, and the other thing with tattoos and stuff. Although it's just a personal preference, so I'm I'm being flippant here. But like I, I would assume the default position, for example, is that you love your mum. 
Yes. I would assume that. I would assume that too, yeah. Uh, so, just kind of stuff like a heart and mum. I would sort of, I don't know, I, I would just, I'd guess that. <laughs> well, actually, I assume that everyone without a mum tattoo is basically an orphan. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, y- y- kids' names. Yeah, you can remember them. You can. Well, you said something else. You said write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. So, do you know what I've done? What? This is serious now. I've been writing down words that I've never previously heard or don't know what they mean. The hope that I will remember them and use them in use them in the future. Do you want to know what these words are? Yeah. Explication. That's to explain. Sorry. Ex- I, I was wrong. Huh? Um, I agree. No, I'm joking. I'm, oh, joking. Oh, I'm, I'm just yeah. joking. I'm joking. Hey. Other ones on your list. No, go on. Extrication, did you say? Explication. Oh, explication. I know. What, so extrication is taking yourself out of something. Explication. It's basically to, it's basically to explain, which is rubbish. Um, insouciant. Conca- concatenation. Hello, Susie Dent. Uh, <laughs> acidious. As, uh, not insidious. Acidious. Acidious. Is that just acidic? Acidiously. I think it means careful. Assiduous. Is it assiduous? As- assiduous. Assiduous it is, yes. As- okay. Um, deracinated. What's deras- deracinated? To deracinate is to take someone away from their from their roots, to remove someone. You know, if I was to deracinate you from society, I'd remove you from society. You see, anyone who would use that word instead of saying... I'd remove you from society. I'd remove you from yeah. society. Yeah. I'm going to deracinate you. There's no need. Uh, Although it, Stephen Fry, people, you have to be like Brian Blessed, Stephen Fry, someone like that, to be able to pull that off. Uh, incongruous. Uh, that's um, against an alternative opinion... Um, uh, incipient, insipid. Is that like no, incipient? In- incipient. What do you reckon, Phil? I don't incipient. know. I'm struggling with a lot of these, to be honest. Um, how incipient? I want to say this is appellation. I've actually forgotten some of these. App- appellation. A P P E. Appellation. It's a mountain range. No, it's not. A P. Well, what was in- what was incipient, by the way? Incipient uh, is two seconds, mate. Uh, it's it's a starting point of an investigation, basically. Oh, like to a, begin a beginning. Okay, yeah, cool. Appalachian is is a mountain range. I know that. Uh, so it, not in this concept. So A P P E L L A T I O. Is it to appeal something? Because there's like an, an appellate court in America is a, a an appeals court. Uh, not quite, no. Phil. No idea. Uh, Appellation. A name Appel. or a title. So yeah, you are so, right. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah the, the so appeal. So the 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 appellant. So it's the same sort of yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's last two. Derivation. To derive something. Yeah, yeah that, that's very easy. And Malthusian. Um, this you'll, is you'll know this one, Tim. I reckon. Yeah, this is um, named after someone. It is. Um, is it not bad? like like mad? Is mal is bad? Isn't it? Yes, like malevolent. It is, but that's you're not on the right. You're not thinking along the right lines here. It's about it's it's um, yeah. It's like science. I'm thinking of it. It's like a graph shape thing. Almost Malthusian is basically a hatred of people. So it, ah. well, hatred is. Bad, yeah. So, as in, it's a, it's a negative. There's a negative uh, derivation of that word. But Malthusian is named after 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 someone, and the idea is 
And Malthusian wants, uh, if I'm getting this correct, wants there to be less people. So in effect, it's a hatred of ha hatred of people. So you might say that the green agenda is a Malthusian agenda because they want to uh, reduce the population in order to save the planet. Okay. Do you see what I mean? Okay. That's how yeah. I understand it. Not that I agree with it. I'm just collecting the words. That's all <laughs> I'm doing. I'm just collecting the words. So, so you want to kill people, JB? Uh, yeah. So thanks to Will uh, Pownell for getting why, me. Why were you looking? Why were you uh, coming across the word Malthusian in 2020, JB? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think you were quite as cerebral as you were, JB. Clearly, I was wrong. There we I go. Apologise. Uh, so, JB, your next challenge is to use one of those on one of the future pods. Yes. Because I, I like you. I've done that every time I read a word that I don't know. I, I make a point of looking it up, but then. I just forget it, and I never use it ever again. Never think about it ever again. Well, I think it you've probably... only got a certain amount of space for a certain amount, a certain number of words, and if you're not using it all the time, like, I'm never going to use, I don't know, assiduous instead of careful, or whatever the word is. Well, maybe you should do. Yeah, you're right. Actually, maybe maybe I should do. Maybe make a point of of using one of them. Uh, it's it's going to end up sounding like you know, there's a friends. Every, you, I was going to say the episode of Friends <laughs> where Joey writes a letter and goes through a thesaurus for every word. <laughs> yeah. So, Gary Wynn writes, "How about penalty kicks score both three three points and seven points? As in, if you were to kick the ball over the post, you get three points. In addition, make it so if you can kick the three and touch the ball down o over the try line, then you get seven. That would really add a new dimension to the penalty kick. I don't understand. So I huh? think, I think. Can you read you, that again? The way the way he's written it. As in, if you kick the ball over the post, you get three points. In addition, yeah. make it so if you can kick the three and touch that same ball down over the try line, then you get seven. <laughs> so you could score a try from. A penalty kick. Yeah. So like, you've got to... Your, well, your send send Lewis re-zam it after it. Yeah. Your teammates have got to run as fast as the ball travelling in the air. It's got to land within the in-goal area. You've got to catch it before the opposition. You'd have more chance of scoring that at Sandy Park where there's a giant dead ball area. Yes. Yeah. So you could, only, you could only possibly have a chance with kicks of a certain distance. As in... If if it's from the I don't know sixty meter line, fifty yeah. meter line, no one can run fast. You've got to kick it so hard that no one can run fast. You, you would tactically it. have goal kickers who could do like a basically a pitching wedge kick that went yeah. really high, but just over the not very far yes. forwards. Exactly. Well, I hate to say this, but I think this rule nearly exists anyway. Because... You, you can score a try because it happened. Um, Santiago Cordero. Santiago Cordero for Bordeaux last week against yeah. Southampton. So here's the, here's a thought for you, right? You line up, you kick the sticks, and you are in front of the posts. Every opposition player is going to get underneath the posts, right? And they might charge it down. What would happen if you kicked it to the to the side? You're not allowed to do that. Why? You're not allowed yeah, to deliberately you, miss. Yes. You can't. You can't do exactly the rule to stop exactly that unsporting conduct. Oh, that's ridiculous. But it's, it's it's in the laws, I think. That would be cool if it wasn't in the laws, though. Yeah, or because it's almost like um, it's kind of like a quick line out, or yeah, it, just, yeah. If, if if the opposition aren't paying attention, like a quick tap penalty. If the opposition aren't paying attention and they've left, oh, you're going to leave a winger out there. Okay, well, I'm going to change and go. Bosh, bosh, done. 
I, I think, actually, now I think about it, I reckon that should be removed as a law. And if any team is stupid enough not to cover it, and you've got someone like Finn Russell who can chuck it on a sixpence, fair enough. Uh, do you know what it's like stealing a base in baseball? Yes. Well, how? The laws say something, don't they, which is you've got to try and get, you've got to try and kick it. But you can always have a bad kick. That, you know, that happens. You have to be very good. It would have to be someone as skillful as Finn Russell to make it look like you were well, trying to and miss it enough and have it in a way that a player can gather the ball. So what you do is it'd have to be from one touchline, relatively close in, so the ang- angle's narrow. <laughs> so it could be legitimate that you could miss this. Maybe there's a bit, maybe there's, there's a bit of a wind. You, you, know, you tell Johnny May, stand on, stand, on, on, stand on the touchline. He doesn't have far to go. And then all he needs is a couple of degrees out. Everyone's underneath the posts. Johnny May catches it, boom, down. Owen Farrell could do that all day long. What other sporting conduct laws are there in the game like that? Like no you, idea. You're not allowed to dummy from the base of a ruck anymore. Do you, do you yeah. remember when people used to do that? No, I don't actually. That's always been a law from what I can remember. No, I remember. It was always is it dummying from scrums you're not allowed to do? Uh, maybe, but I remember Welsh scrum yeah, halves. Yeah, you're right. Welsh scrum right. halves used to dummy from rocks all the time when they used to go and play, play teams. Unbelievable. Well, they're just really skillful. <laughs> Cheeky um, little buggers. Exactly. But I can't think of any other yeah. sporting conduct laws. What are they? No idea. I know you're like against to... the spirit of the game type thing. I remember conceding a penalty because my teammate... Uh, would scream as he went into contact and growl, go, go into contact. No, unsportsmanlike con- conduct. So that was uh, the end of that. There was one which I'd, I'd not seen before in the um, Edinburgh sale game this weekend, which was Postlethwaite. Um, he got tackled. The tackler rolled on the wrong side and the tackler was trying to crawl out of the way and Postlethwaite held him in as in he, he held his legs so that the tackler could not get out of there to try and get a penalty. And uh, it was Roman Poix. The, the the words he used were trapping, uh-huh. which I'm not sure that comes trapping. in the... <laughs> I'm not sure trapping comes in the law book. No. However, I think it was the, the correct thing to do, as in yeah. the, the penalty was given in the right way. It, it's a bit like when scrum halves see a lazy runner and just deliberately wang it at the player yeah. to, to steal a pen. I like that. Don't be Which, there. So, I've seen referees as well say, Sorry no, to the you, you saw him. You can't just throw it. You can't actively throw it into him. I think it happened last weekend in a premiership game yeah. or in a European game. Well, it fairly famously happened to Scout Brits. And they gave a gave penalty. And the referee said, said, look, I don't make the laws. I just enforce them. This is in the laws. You're in the way. It's penalty. I don't like it. It's penalty. But other refs have been, yeah, no, no, we're not having that. Yeah, because yeah, a, a scrum half basically looks for the player and like like a heat-seeking missile <laughs> goes for the player rather than just avoid the player. Yeah. Uh, again, I think don't be there. Does that, so, so that's fine. Um, so let me just get, okay. So thank you to Dan Reeve. We actually uh, answered his question about Dan McFarland um, uh, uh, last week. Uh, again, was the qu- was the question? Does Tim uh, which, which DOR is Tim's new blossoming that uh, love for? <laughs> that was exa- that was exactly it. Now, Jack Penrose has given us all sorts of fodder here. So, um, first of all, he wants us to make a fifteen made up only of thirteens, and the reason he said this is <laughs> because 
Eddie Jones likes to make put as many 13s in his team as possible and is he picking the team much like a school coach does for his team which is just pick all the best players regardless of where they play okay. and put the, so can we do yeah, maybe pop, we, we, we probably can yeah you probably could uh, Manny, Tulangi, Manny Tulangi would be a prop um, Bastero Bastero would be prop. another prop oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh actually yeah you could Bob, yeah. Bob Barbary could be a hooker. <laughs> Barbary or Tom Young, <laughs> uh, former centres. Uh, what, what are the great 13s would I have in other positions? Chris Harris could probably do a job as a as a open side flanker or a blind side, maybe. Yeah, he's bloody yeah. brilliant. Uh, Definitely. Atkinson as a lock. Yeah. Um, must be. No, is there another tall lock somewhere? Someone like Yuzhong Yo, back in the day. Hmm. Vakatawa oh. I'd have as a number eight. Yeah, or as a yeah. 13. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'd be tempted to go with that one. Slade would be a ten. <laughs> uh, oh, what about the guy? Henry Slade would be a ten. Uh, Ollie Lawrence yeah. uh, would be hooker. Yeah, yeah. If Bar- if Barbary Barbary's not in hooker yet, Joe Marchant on the wing. Yeah, nice. JJ on the other wing. Yep, you could do that. And then um, Elliot Daly at fullback. Elliot Daly at fullback. Easy. That was easy. Scrum, scrum after the one. We got as a real diminutive little thirteen. Well, is there one? I can't think of one. Uh, I'd have Van Rensburg as a as a prop, actually. As, yeah, maybe, so, maybe Manu as a six. Yeah, like that. So that answers that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack also wants to know: Do you think it's a good idea to keep the Heineken Cup condensed so that we could play it all in one go rather than break it up? No, uh, th- this format has to go as soon as possible. It's uh, it- it's not good. <sighs> But what so, about the principle of just keeping the whole thing as a one solid tournament? So finish the Premiership and then play. Oh, the I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah. I, I'm in, it's sort of um, yes. We talked about this before. In fact, I know Phil Phil suggested it in how you break the season up, and I really like the idea. And if they bring in the World Club tournament, which I gather they're trying to broker, uh, then that would that would be necessary. I like that. Yeah, uh, it kind of. There's some things I don't like about it, some things I do like. I, I like the way that the traditional season is broken up, as in you kind of know where your Six Nations come and they come in like little blocks of two and you know when it's going to happen. But with all that said, replicating more like the Southern Hemisphere where you have your dedicated Super Rugby window, your dedicated um, Mitre Cup or ITM Cup or Curry Cup window, and then your... Uh, probably two international windows. I think it could be better, and it, it allows the narratives to, to flow better for the uh, kind of more casual fans. Yeah, as in you can remember the, it's it's easy remembering some of the results over a seven or eight week window rather than a uh, forty eight week playing window that we currently have at the moment. There we go. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, one thing that we couldn't have known about because uh, we were recording the podcast while it was happening, but a lovely moment where, um, oh crikey, the policeman's name has forgotten. Matt 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 Ratanya, who Matt Ratana, the, Ratana, uh, yeah. the policeman, um, yes, who who was killed um, re- really tragically was mentioned in Sports Personality of the Year. A really uh, lovely, oh, lovely. Little, lovely little piece on him, um, and seemed like a real. Real good bloke, uh, and uh, a lot of people in the game of rugby, um, well, you know, fans of rugby who know him through rugby and the people that he coached and played with had a lot of good things to say about him, so that was really nice. Good. Just thought I'd say that. Mm. Uh, who won the award which no one cares about? I don't know. I just know about the Matt Ratana. Oh, good, good. Because if it's not Lewis Hamilton, it's absolute outrage. 
<laughs> oh, it will be. Um, it has to be Lewis he, Hamilton. And I and I, I I just couldn't wait to hear his speech. Um, Hamilton wins. Lewis Hamilton is the finest sportsman that we've produced in a long. He's definitely the fine, the finest, uh, 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 the finest racing driver. I could not care less about what he has to say about anything else. But he's definitely the finest. Yeah, racing he won driver. it. Jordan Henderson, Jordan Henderson was uh, second, and Holly Doyle came third. Good, good on you, Holly. Mm. And Jordan Henderson and Lewis Hamilton. Oh, good. Um, uh, how, you know, what do you, how do you rate Holly Doyle's high performance? Good. Um, yeah, yeah, really good, really good. Yeah, I agree. Phil, she, she's um, yeah, she's raced some races. Who are we talking about, boys? <laughs> she's a jockey. Oh right, I'm like, please God, do not be like a women's rugby player or something, and I'm going to look like an absolute. <laughs> I'm going to look like a fascist or something. Jesus. Oh, right, she's a jockey. No, I have no idea who she is. But... Yeah, I, I I don't follow any horse racing in any capacity, whether it's men, women, or indeed the horses. Yeah. Do so... you know, my favourite sports story of this year is the outrage over jockeys doing cocaine. What difference does it make if the man riding the athlete is doing cocaine? <laughs> 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 I think it might <laughs> I don't need to tell you why it's a good joke you know why I'm not going to explain it absolutely ludicrous <laughs> uh, right Matthew Moore don't take drugs drugs are, drugs are bad okay uh, Matthew Moore instead of getting rid of the knock-ons uh, keep keep that law as it is but change the knock-on advantage to be more like football advantage a knock-on isn't penalised as long as your other team gains the ball the advantage is is over straight away well we kind of touched touched, touched on um, on this a lot already but this law exists doesn't it in, in, in the ladies game I understand uh, in the well the Covid yes Covid rules yeah which I like yeah. actually I mean, that, you know, as long as the other team get the ball that's, that's an interesting that's, that's a good first step that along the way to you know, investigating getting rid of the knock-on. Yeah, I, t- I kind of agree. If a, a knock-on, as long as a team gather it and have possession, advantage is immediately over. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. Um, uh, I, guess I, I do want to see. Got... I want to see a bit more of the women's game. I, I, I tend to um, try and catch up on the highlights and the the tries every week, but um, I've, I've, I've certainly not watched the full game since um, probably England were playing New Zealand in the World Cup final a few years ago. But I'd be, I would be interested to see how that law variant is playing out. Mm. Um, but that that seems like a sensible kind of halfway house compromise between the the full, completely um, eliminate the knock on to where we are now. Mm. Uh, Andrew Drayden writes, uh, "Hi lads, hope you are all well. My ring fencing idea. Ooh, oh hello, here, here we go. So basically, he's saying two divisions of eight. 14 regular season games plus one plus one or two playoff games. Uh, more teams, less games, yada, yada, yada. What do you think? Uh, I understand the principle you are playing less games. Yeah. No, because you eliminate the rivalries that have lasted for, in some cases, well over 100 years. Uh, yeah. And... So th- that would be worrying unless you do, you play everyone in your, unless you play everyone in each pool once. It's, as in, he said, it's two times eight, num- eight lots of teams, 14 games. Like the Pro 14. Yeah, but Pro 14 is a bit different again because you play 
all of your national rivals twice, oh, don't away, you? Yeah. and then everyone in your pool twice. Oh, I can't, it, it, but they still get through twenty odd games. It's it's only slightly reduced from yeah. uh, the Premiership schedule. I would never not want to have um, Saracens versus. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of an example now of what well, it would be. Saracens Leicester at the moment. Saracens Leicester, for example. Yeah, if it were north, north, south, and you drew the line somewhere in the Midlands. Yeah, and oh, the other thing that would concern me would would be the sixteen teams. So the 16. You, yeah, you'd have to get three extra ones in in addition to the twelve currently in the Premiership. Saracens, then presumably it'd be Ealing, and two others. Yeah. So my my problem with this is it sort of answers its own question. Why ring fence two? Why ring fence one league? Or why ring fence two leagues? You've got the same. You've basically got got the same issue. So you ring fence because you don't want the jeopardy of rele- of relegation. Okay, but then also you don't want the dead the dead rubber games. So to do this, you have a halfway house where you just split the league, league uh, other league in two. Nobody cares about the eight teams in 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 the lower division. I know this because the champion championship exists and nobody really watches it. Right, so. All of a sudden, you've got eight teams playing a lower standard of rugby that no one, no, one, no one really cares about. You've also changed the problem of the dead rubber game to the bottom of the league, which is already less uh, already less important. And you've not really solved the financial issue for the top teams because presumably they'll be getting bigger gates, bigger TV money, bigger, bigger everything. So if you get a ring fence, you've got to ring fence one league. And then somehow you've got to get around the Jeopardy situation because Jeopardy is important. And the only thing I think of is we have a naughty step. And that is a legitimate <laughs> thing. But what you can't do is just kick the can down the road because eventually you will get to the bottom of the Dross League and nothing matters. I, I mean, I, I hear that. And what's trying to be solved there is trying to reduce the number of games. Yeah. Uh, and I totally get that. I think you look at the Pro 14 and the one thing the Premiership has over that and then when you look at Super Rugby and you see how much better the Arturoa tournament was, that's the same as the Premiership. You've got these relationships between fans, rival sets of fans, yeah. and that is what makes the Premiership and what, by contrast, means no one gives a damn when Ospreys go to Southern Kings. Yeah. So, um, Phil, anything to add to that? Not really. Um I'm, I, I totally agree with your points, JB. Well, both of your points, actually. Um, on the kicking the can down the road, it doesn't really make sense. No. Um, and also the, the importance of the rivalries, that you've, you've got to have those rivalries. Now, I, I do, I would like to see fewer games, fewer, premier, fewer premiership games, yeah. but I'm not sure how you square the circle with the current state that um, the league is in, the current league position, and the current state that finances are in. Yeah, um, I think the only way it could happen is. Do you remember there was a time where there was a very genuinely a time I was living in Bath when this happened as well. Bristol nearly folded, and Bristol yeah, and Bath is. nearly joined together, and we're going to build a new stadium in between Bristol and Bath in Canesham. That's right, they were, weren't they? And the, it, it got it got pretty close to being a joint Bristol and Bath team. Which do you know like, who nearly f- uh, formed up with Sale back in the day? Yorkshire, Carnegie, Leeds, Carnegie, Leeds, Carnegie. Nope. Two of the biggest amateur clubs in in the northwest, Broughton Park Waterloo. and Wilmslow. Broughton Park and Sale were near, uh, uh, nearly formed up to be the same club. They had the meetings mm. at the um, the a, not the AGM, the EGM, 
uh, then the Brooklyn Park members voted it down. So that, something like that wow. happening is the only way it could happen. Is but then I don't know where you would. I don't know where where you would make that happen. It would have to be something like Bristol and Bath that are right next to each other. But they're not going to that rivalry. No, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Excellent. So um, thank you to Matt Matt Grindrod for for emailing us. Um, he likes the podcast so much. He sometimes turns off his kettle so we can hear us better. I mean, that's quite that's quite phenomenal. It's a commitment. Oh. <laughs> um, I'd like to say thank you to uh, John uh, to John for for, for e- emailing in. I'm going to say Doctor John. He's not a medical doctor. He's a doctor in game theory. Oh my Ooh. word! Yeah, how yes. interesting is that? So, now you're talking. Yeah, so I, I did ask him to apply some game theory to rugby. Game um, theory. So should should my orcs attack the elves? Exactly right. That's exa- exactly right. Should my space marines? Should I use my potion? Yes. Yeah. Um. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Harry Rod has also um, emailed in to talk about basically the same thing we've spoken about before regarding the knock-on. Nice one, Harry. Uh, while you're finding something, I'll just say we, we'll make these little mailbag things a little uh, occasional. They'll, they'll pop up, maybe monthly, maybe more than monthly, whatever. But um, email us contacteggchasers at gmail.com. That's contacteggchasers, all one word, at gmail.com. Or DM us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast and with your thought, your starting point. And um, I'm sure other people will chip in on some of the things we talk about. Yep. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, right. Okay. Here I've we got, go. Oh, yeah, go on. Sorry, go on. You no, want... no, yeah, I've got one here. It's from... Uh, hold on a second, I've lost it now. Uh, Worcester Warriors fan, Carl, says, uh, man crush, boys. Your man crush. I mentioned it on the last podcast, Maxime Machineau. I'm sort of stealing that one off Phil a little bit. Yes. Oh, there's so many handsome French players. Machineau, Brice Doulan, who oh, I mentioned last week. I saw Entomac, pic- yeah, I saw a picture of... Uh, Penaud. Uh, yeah, Penaud, yeah. I saw a picture of uh, Gitoon in doing some modelling for yeah, something. Yeah, looks great. What a dashing man. Seriously, yeah. seriously handsome man. Uh, uh, Yannick Nianga as well, having met him at Racing. He looks great, doesn't he? He's so cool. Isn't he cool? And he, yeah. and he wears the Craig Doyle body warmer blazer combo. Yeah. He Always pull, a sign of a combo. He pulls though. that off, yeah. 
Yeah, so um, there you go. There's a couple. All, all French. Yeah, I'm not going to say man crush yeah. per se, but if I could look and play like a player, or I, I could hound, I could play like, sorry, I could look like this player plays when he plays the game, I would choose Louis Pickamore. I mean, it's just such a dominant way, of, dominant, easy way of playing. Very alpha. Very alpha, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> sidestep? No. Space? No. <laughs> Forearms? Yes. Bang. <laughs> he, yeah. He's like a slightly more mature version of Alfie Barbary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely pickleballs. Uh, w- w- one of my favourite all-time players there. Uh, another one I'll go for, who's not French but plays in, fr- in France, is Victor Vito. It's is a, a very, very handsome man. Uh, I'm going to pick pluck a, a blast from the past. Again, when I was living in Bath, occasionally on a night out, you would see Ollie Barkley. Looking great. My goodness me. <laughs> uh, he, he, right, so he's, he's so attractive that he never, ever had to... He, he, could go, he could be one of those guys that just goes out and he's 100% with the lads the whole night, a proper lad on a night out and then just two minutes before he decides to go right come on <laughs> to whoever he wants he's a handsome man devilishly handsome he used to get in a lot of trouble though from what I remember he's a, he's a loose cannon I think yeah <laughs> good um, Mr. Um, Ethan, Ethan, Ethan Banfield again asks basically who would be on lines 9, 10 and, 10 and 12 combination 10 and 12 is easier to pick than 9, as we've already established. Nine, uh, we is it easy? On a recent podcast. Well, t- t- 12 is an issue. Mm, 12 is an issue. So if 12 is, is Farrell, then your 10 is not, in, not that easy, is it? So that's a good point. So 9, yeah. uh, nine the, my, my pecking order currently, although anyone could take this, uh, is Gareth Davis. First choice, 9. Connor Murray is looking better than he has done yeah, yeah. the last couple of weeks, so he's definitely got the bit between his teeth. But I wouldn't rule out someone like... Dan Robson maybe sneaking onto the tour and being a surprise package at nine. That'd be there. There's my three. Excellent. What do you reckon, Phil? Uh, John Cooney, first choice. Oh, I love it. Uh, he was good. <laughs> I don't know. It's a tough. It's such a tough one. I really like the way that Dan Robson plays the game. Uh, I think he's class. I really like the way that Ben Spencer plays the game, but he's never been given that, ever, never really. I, don't, I mean, he won a World Cup with England, albeit he never really did anything because he, what I said, won a, what am I saying, won a World Cup. He played in a World Cup final with England, but, uh, sorry, it's been a long day. <laughs> played in a World Cup final with England, um, despite not doing anything during the tournament. Um, I don't know. I probably agree with your rundown, Tim, but... It still feels a bit unsatisfactory to me. So we're saying Ben Youngs. Oh no! Yeah. Um, and no. then uh, ten Finn Russell with the guiding hand of Owen Farrell outside him could be. Imagine that. Could be. Oh, can I you? Can you though? Can you? No, could you? I no. can't. I. I can't see. I don't think you're going to get the best out of either player in no. that scenario. I mean, it could work beautifully, or it could be an absolute disaster. What are the other options at 12 that, that would Sexton mean you, and Farrell or... you tuck Owen Farrell in at 10? Um, Bigger Farrell? Um, what about Farrell at 10 and Finn at, Finn at 12? <laughs> Finn sanity. <laughs> no, we've got to have... We need uh, Finn Russell on the bench for Finn sanity when South Africa are 30 points to five up with 20 minutes to go. It's yeah. time. Yeah, it's time. Put Push the button. 
I struggle to look past Farrell and Sexton. Oh, but Sexton still, yeah, 30, 36 uh, by the summer maybe. But like he's never been fast. He's never been strong. So what you know, all he is is more experienced, and that can't be a bad thing for a ten. Uh, yeah, but I just I don't think he's. I would I would even go as far as to question whether he is the best performing ten at Leinster um, at the moment. That's fair. Um, ben Diaki is a guy who I think could offer something for the for the Lions. Uh, a bit more of a big, bigger, bruisier centre. Outside of that, you're really struggling. Twelve across all four nations is not particularly good. Who uh, who plays there for Scotland? Johnson, Duncan Taylor, sometimes. Yeah, um, Johnson, the Johnson. Uh, Australian yeah. Johnson. Yeah, I mean, maybe Can't you look at uh, Jonathan Davis moving into twelve. JD two. Uh, oh, he did. He did in one of the recent games, didn't he? Because North played 13. That's right, yeah. So, you know, he's a very good player. Could, Nick, Tom- could Nick Tompkins get himself on the tour? <sighs> it doesn't, he doesn't feel like a Lion, does he? But, so, th- this, is a, this is a brilliant question. In fact, the problem that, that we've all raised in the past that 9 and 12 are really significant issues. And I, who I think is probably the best 12 or the, the the best play, playing 12 most frequently in the best team in the home nations is Owen Farrell, but that creates other problems if you play him there. It's, it's a, it is a, a genuine issue. Bigger Farrell. Just go all out on the Chopsy. Chop, oh, God, they'd never stop talking. Oh, Chopsy 10 Those two. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that's the right. I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe Ford Farrell is, is the best combination. Oh, God, imagine that. Might be. Yeah, it might be. It might be. Uh, uh, clear, clear, clear as mud on that one. Any more, JB? I'll Any t- more? I'll yeah. go on. Go Actually, on. I'll just say... I'll, I'll say, go I'm going to nail my colleagues to the mask for 10-12 as Farrell Henshaw. Cool. I have no idea, so I'm not I'm not going to say anything yet. Uh, so I'm just going to say, uh, have I said thank you to Oliver Cousins? Probably. Uh, John, Rum- John Rumbalski. Um, oh, it sounds like a New York cop. He, he definitely is hey, a New York cop. Have you got Rum... Rum- Rom, what was his name? Rombalski? Rombalski. Is Rombalski on the case? Uh, well, it. I mean, he works alone, so we, we, yeah. we wouldn't know, would we? <laughs> yeah. Um, your, your new partner's Rombalski. Alex Albertine, Steve Jones, thank, uh, the, the Steve Jones. Yeah, T4, F1. Yeah. yeah. Um, T4. The Art Barbers Birmingham. When, I, when, when, I heard, when I heard Tier 4, by the way, that's all I thought about was June Sarpong. Um, <laughs> On a Sunday morning. Now, <laughs> something's happened. I'm blaming you for this, Tim, because you hang around with these types of people. But someone has got the Egg Chasers emailing list. And somehow, a PR company keeps on sending us bloody emails about things like art barbers in Birmingham. I'm not going to go to the barbers in Birmingham. They sent me a email to the Egg Chasers email the other day about low-calorie chocolate. To which I said, we are a rugby podcast. What makes you think this will be of any interest to us whatsoever? I mean, they might have heard the podcast and heard us talking about uh, the Exeter haircuts to you know, make us send barbers offers. I mean, quite possible. Quite possible. Um, the last email is from P- Piers Dixon. And he's got numerous questions, so it's a good one to finish on. So, ho- ho- uh, hope you are all well. A couple of ideas for improving the game, i.e. making it more exciting, therefore more appealing to a bigger audience through naked running, passing, tries, etc. <laughs> Disgusting. So, <laughs> I only put sorry, JB. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
One, make pitches 10, 20% wider. More space, more line breaks, more fatigue, more tries. I, I get I get the thinking with that. You're limited, obviously, with the current uh, footprint of stadiums. <laughs> well, but, yeah. I, so, but I like the idea. I like the idea. I, 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 love, I love this little, little caveat. Though maybe not practical for lower league, lower, um, sorry, maybe not practical for clubs lower down the league. No, no, no. Very practical for clubs. Very lower practical down for clubs lower down, but less necessary for clubs lower down. Yeah, yeah. But very, but very, very impractical if you've just built Sandy Park. I mean, you're going to struggle. <laughs> so I like the idea. I don't think. I mean, how could you? I don't think you can increase the size of Welford Road. Like, if you do, if you could click your fingers and make it happen, that that I would be all for that. Yeah. Wider, anyway, not necessarily longer, but wider. Okay. Two scrubs. Penalties from scrubs outside the 22 cannot result in a kick at goal. If a handling error on the half-wide line potentially results in conceding three points, how does this encourage passing offloads, etc.? Quick taps and kicks for touch only. So, the principle of that, I'm not against. I'm not, and I'm not sure exactly the right way to solve this. But it, it's a good point that um, the, the penalty... Well, as we saw in the Munster um, Munster Claremont game this weekend, the penalty is so important um, as a, a method of scoring points, and it's it does seem disproportionate that a single infringement can lead to three points, whereas a sensational team try can lead to well only five potentially or seven if you if you get the conversion. So I I would be all for depowering the penalty. Um, now, whether you do that just by simply reducing the number of points or um, this kind of solution where you can't can't take the three from certain areas, I'm not sure the best approach, but in principle, I'm for it. So my thoughts on this is the penalty for the scrub exists, so you are not tempted to collapse a scrub. If the, if the penalties for collapsing a scrub was less severe than it, than it is, you'd ironically, have more collapsed scrubs? Mm. No, no. as in... So, I think you could still kick the corner. You still give a penalty, kick the corner, you just can't take the three. Yeah. So, so we... I, 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 and I think if the three becomes less likely, then territory becomes more valuable. Therefore, you definitely don't want to collapse a scrum. No. Well, okay, so let's, let, let, let's run this through. You're under the pump in, in the scrum. Normally, <coughs> what would happen is you would try and keep it up or you'd do your best not to concede the penalty so you don't concede, concede the three points, right? Yeah. Well, if you're allowed to just go for, you know, if you're allowed to collapse it and then they can kick to the corner, but you have a better mall or, or line out, you're still in that game. So it is a better option for you to collapse that, to collapse that scrub. And to me, but you seems... said that you did put an if in there, as in if you are getting pumped yeah. in the scrum, but if you have a better. Um, defensive more which does seem unlikely I just think that the penalty for collapsing a scrub should be pretty harsh if it's deliberate it might even be yellow card territory actually well maybe maybe that's what you do but I, I think if you get a scenario where three point is less likely then territory becomes more important so that that penalty is is actually arguably more severe because you're going to get uh, more territory therefore more likely to score tries well, no because because you can have you can have that have that anyway. All you're doing is narrowing down the choice. I understand um, the thought of where what what the thinking is. I guess my point, well, my only thought here is one of the beauties of the scrum 
it, it adds another very different dynamic to a game, which means, and if I'm thinking about this, you know, in um, FIFA and Pro Evolution Soccer and stuff, when they have like a player and it has that almost spider yeah. web around them with the different <clears throat> attributes and you can stretch out. It, it. The scrum requires a team to be able to not just do be electrically quick and have amazing hands and have a good kicking game. It just requires another very different dynamic, which completely shifts. And consequently, um, when teams have to focus on, we have to have people that can go through that scrummaging process. It actually opens up space for other people in other, in other ways and at other times. Number three. So so I don't, sorry, go I I don't think this law, if the way that in my head it would be implemented or this, this change would not eliminate the scrum. If any, if, if anything would mean the, the scrum is still really important, um, but it would uh, just, just li- if anything, it's going to make scrums more important because you're going to keep the ball in play more, but you're just going to take, have, have fewer shots at goal. But there you go, Piers. We've, we've had that much yeah. of a discussion about that. It's a, it's a good talking point. And I can't wait till we're back in clubhouses and we can just, someone can chuck a question like this and we can all have a natter away. Uh, Piers also says stopping the clock for kicks at goal, uh, which would add 10 to 20 minutes of ball in playtime. Can I just say, actually, I was, I'm absolutely shocked every time I see ball in play stats. And what was oh, that? Oh, yeah. Uh, because. Exeter, for example, in the Champions Cup, I was doing my sort of research before last week's Ulster game, and Exeter have one of the uh, have the highest ball in play uh, ball uh, possession time of any team. Yeah. And Exeter's kind of average in the Champions Cup last season ball um, possession was twenty one minutes. Is it that that low? Yeah. I not think it, I've normally got like in my head high twenties. But um, no, 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 no. It's lo- very, low. Lo- very low twenties. Is is a is an unusually high <laughs> ball in possession time. The normal uh, kind of number you would expect is around about eighteen minutes for each team. Which means, uh, if we're being honest, and uh, this is why I think actually, I don't think I can't remember the last time this stat was used on the telly. And I think part of it is. Uh, I it, bet it's yeah. I bet it's not because could, people will be saying, "I want my money back." I want, yeah, where <laughs> the hell's where the hell's the rest of my game? So where's I, my rugby? Weirdly, I disagree with this with, with this point of view. Because well, I'm just you know completely um, a, a, a complete contrarian for the sake of it. But but you are. I mean, yes, that does happen. <laughs> um, the NFL, which has the biggest sporting events of all sports, has loads of gaps, and it depends how you want to watch the game. But and NFL you... still has sixty minutes of action. Yeah, it has guaranteed 60 minutes of action, but spread far, far. Oh yeah, more, yeah, more thinly. So you can go out and get yourself a beer or snacks yeah. or whatnot. And because that, it really lends Or you can itself... watch all the wonderful adverts. Oh, love the adverts. Big big fan of it. So it lends itself really well to all... It's a really good sport to watch in the background, if that makes sense. Now, I'm not saying we want rugby to be a sport to watch in the background. But actually, you know, if you want to get loads of people in, uh, the, the reason the NFL success is successful is, you know, it's embedded into the culture. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having a few more bricks so we can go and get a few more beers and a few more snacks. Mm. I, I'm not I'm mm. not that against it. I, I'm against that, but I am I am definitely against the fact that in in the average game, less than half of the match less than half of the eighty minutes, there's actually one team or other doing something with the ball. That yeah. that's a pretty frightening stat. If it if if it's twenty one minutes or eighteen minutes, it's less than a quarter of that. That period of oh, time. Oh yeah, but no, but what, so one t- that's one team, but so then you double that for two oh, teams. Okay, 
Ah, right, okay. Point, actually, what are they doing for the rest of the, rest of the time? Well, the rest of the time, they're wiping a ball to, before they throw it into a line-out. The referee's having a natter with them about a reset scrum. They're yeah. kicking conversions. We, yeah, maybe less, a minute and a half. Maybe make your kicks. a rugby game 30 minutes each way, but with a properly regulated clock. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, there's, there's some merit in that. Because, I mean, yeah. if you're only getting 20-something minutes of ball and play time, if you get 30 minutes... No, 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 that, not 20 minutes. So, again, double. X, X, to yeah, have yeah, pose- X to have possession. So, 20 minutes each, yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you increase this to 30 minutes each, and it's guaranteed because we're timing it, there you go. Or, referees, get the bloody game going. Yes, or, or do, do you do that? Uh, yeah. And for, to, sorry. To, uh, sorry, I was just going to say... Um, Tim, to your point about Exeter being the highest, having the most ball in playtime, if you haven't listened to it yet, listen to JB's wonderful interview with Rob Baxter. Correct. I think it's on the Rugby Dungeon feed and the Egg Chasers feed. Correct. It is illuminating, and he does set out um, why that's that, uh, why that is reality. Correct. Uh, which is very interesting to hear. 100%. Excellent. Uh, a kick direct into touch from anywhere results in a line-out, whereas a kick made... Sorry. A kick direct into touch from anywhere results in a line-out where the kick was made, encouraging kicks in play, running exits, counter-attacks. So even inside your 22, you can't exit to touch? Yeah, no, Rob Baxter made this point, and I can't remember what he said, but basically he said, yeah, that's why, that's why they should reverse the law so we can kick it from anywhere. Because, what did he say? I can't remember. Because it would, it, it's yeah. So what? Because yeah. it, dis- it disincentivizes kick tennis. Um, well, I think what he said is something along the lines of: if you want great attacking ball, forcing the opposition to kick it uh, in the twenty-two is a really good way of doing it because your best attacking option is often a line-out. So you get a good attacking line-out on on the halfway, which which, which is ideal. Whereas if you could kick it outside of your twenty-two, you might actually be able to. You, you, you're more likely to play it out, I think is what you're saying. Because you play it out. At the moment, you won't play out your 22, will you? I mean, I think a disaster yeah. is playing one yard out your 22 and then kicking it because you can't get... Yeah, points. quite often teams set up, teams pass back into the 22 to set up another ruck so that yeah. They, yeah. they can then exit with Whereas, a kick. Yeah. If you could just kick it anywhere, you might want to play out to see how it goes. Okay, we're out. Well, you know, we didn't, that didn't cost us anything. We don't have to play it back into the 22. Just kick out from here. Mm. Mm. Interesting point, though, to because the rule used to be you could kick into touch from anywhere and it would just be a line out. Yeah. Then then, yeah. then they changed it to only inside the twenty two. Otherwise, it's from in line with where the kick was made. It'd be interesting to. I wonder how that would change it if the if you any kick to touch directly. Presumably, if yeah, you kicked it along the ground, you could still or it bounced beforehand. That would still be fine. But if you kicked it directly into touch from anywhere, I wonder how that would change the game. So in my head, you would get far fewer of the kick tennis type scenarios because it's it's much easier to kick into touch. And however, oh, it on. will again in my head on the current laws, it will drop the ball in playtime because you will have far more lineups that will take a minute and a half for all the players to get in the right position, the hookers to dry the ball, everyone to get set up. No, because no, people um, wouldn't. No, because people wouldn't kick it to touch. No, I'm saying what if you um, meant that. Even if you kicked it from inside the twenty-two directly to touch, it still was a line out from wherever the ball was kicked. Oh, okay. So if it's that 
okay so we're not going back to the old so it's a, it's more of the new if more, anything more of the new the whole pitch is no no yeah. kick directly to touch well you can kick directly so to that, touch but the line out is from where you kicked it so i think that would risk even more kick tennis potentially yeah because you don't want to get it out do you so you just you can't it. you can't ever get it out yeah you can't so ever you can... get it out the the flip side is you would definitely keep all three back three players at least back at all times or one lee half penny Yes, that that is fair, Tim, and that that's the the um, I can't remember what they called it, fifty twenty two or whatever it was. Is that called. is that a law that I haven't seen a single one? Is that actually a law now? They no? trialed it in. Was it Super Rugby AU? Oh, and they, they trialed it. Uh, which will. I watched a couple of games, but I can't really remember it yeah. very much. But yeah, that the consequence of that is you have to keep three in the backfield, or at least two in the. Which, backfield. if you're a team like Bristol who have a crack from anywhere anyway, that that. That would be game on. You can imagine Johan Lloyd or Piatau or something or Ren Randra. Yeah, or Malins or Randra. Number five. Yeah. Number number five. Power plays. Oh, sorry. So have we agreed to kick it out or not kick it out? Um, Uh, I think it's fine. It it depends depends what you're going for. If you just want ball in playtime, if if it means a line-up back from where you kicked it, wherever you kick it from... That is going to increase ball in playtime because no one is ever going to kick it out. Yeah, that is true. Hmm. But there's going to be a lot of kick tennis yes. for that ball in playtime. Yeah, you're right. A lot of, yeah, a lot of high defense. Okay. So five, power plays. At any point in the game, if a, if a team is losing, they call a power play where the opposition has to take one back and one forward off, off the field for 10 minutes. If they pull ahead, the other team can call their power play right back. <laughs> Chaos ensues. <laughs> I think yeah. instead of this, Fintanity is, is, yes. is what you're going for. We've already, yes. yeah, we, we've already discussed this, haven't we? And we've already got. I mean, now, now that Danny Cipriani is looking for work, yeah, we've, got, <laughs> we've actually got a, a, a pool of. We've got, as Phil would say, we've got Fintanity himself and a Fin personator. How could you? So in cricket, <laughs> in one day cricket, they have um, in or in 2020 cricket is or in one day cricket they have power overs where the batting side can say. You have to keep all but one fielder or something yeah, like yeah. that inside the ring. That's right. Yeah. So there are ways you could do that. So, but, well, I mean, you could just say you can't defend in the fifth, in the in the five channels. If there was a rugby equivalent of that that you could do, one okay. So there's actually a game like so. You're the defending team are only allowed in the five meter channels once the ball is there and only with one man. So you're playing five five meters in where the line is to five meters in, and then maybe you could expand that to fifteen to fifteen, so you'd have a really condensed defence. <laughs> and then as soon as the ball is played wide, you can then detach one of your wings who can then go oh, and cover. Yeah, it should be that only the fifteen, only the the number fifteen can defend in the five meter channel. Yeah, but he has to defend both five meter channels. Oh my word! Imagine yeah. that. So it's just like with full pitch shuttle runs for it's your like num- a... <laughs> He's like a rook in chess. He's sweeping <laughs> he, up. As soon as he makes a tackle, other players can come into the rook. Or maybe but... just the back. <laughs> maybe the back three are the only guys that can defend. Because in reality, he's going to defend there, but he's going to be, you know, chasing the last man, isn't he? To combine the to combine the last two points together, I don't know if you could like power play it and have some sort of kicking advantages or not. Oh, I don't know. No, so, yeah, I, I mean think... this is all bonkers. This is what that um, rugby tens tournament or that uh, should, should, yeah. sort of try, should try out some of this bonkers stuff. Yeah. 
So just to add some more context to Finn Sanity, which obviously is a great project, um, <laughs> you could have Finn, Danny Cipriani, and Ryan Lamb. And as the game pro- pro- progresses... Shane Garrity. On... Shane Garrity. I mean, not quite the same league, but yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, uh, Carlos, Carl Spencer. Carl is Spencer. Carl Quaid Cooper. Yeah, there we, yes, there we go. And basically, every five minutes you introduce a different one on and you do it by score just by random lottery draw so finn russell <laughs> might be re- might be re- replacing a tight head and then ryan lamb comes on at fullback and then quaid cooper replaces the second row yeah if it was done like lotto balls like um <laughs> <laughs> you have to change yeah that's cool yeah lotto balls you you, you have to change you have a quaid cooper or a sippers or whatever and you have to, they, and you pull you, out you pull out a ball for the shirt that they're changing with courtney laws off Quade Cooper on. Yeah. I mean, it changes, <laughs> it changes the uh, the attitude of your pack somewhat, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I think that pretty much comprehensively answers that question. Yeah. And lastly, Perfect. six. This is the last one for us all. What is with England's long-running dearth of quality 12s? Surely some of our 35 world-class flankers or thir- 13s could become a 12 instead. Alfie Barbary. Alfie Barbary. I think that's I think that's fine. I think you've done. Uh, yeah, there we go. So thank Perfect. you. Perfect. To- and so, there are some forwards which have incredible hands. Um, well, Ben Earl could be a centre. Yeah, he could be. Yeah, he's, Sam got, great, he's got great hands. Sam Simmons. Sam Simmons could be a centre. There you go. This is how we use these guys that Eddie Jones says aren't big enough. Sam Simmons or Ben Earl. Well, obviously Ben Earl was in the England squad, so that's not a point. But yeah, them as a centre. Basically, yes, Eddie is right. Hybrid rugby players is the way forward. There we go. Jack yeah. Noll, Jack Noll seven. Sam Simmons twelve. Done. World Cup winners. Perfect, perfect. Well done, everyone. So thank you for emailing in. If you email in, in well, if you carry on doing it at this volume, at least, um, we can do one of these monthly, I guess. Yeah, good idea. Contact eggchasers at gmail.com. Uh, DM on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. Uh, just one final word. If you're listening to this before Christmas, have a wonderful time with whoever you're able to spend it with. And uh, thank you for spending some of your time this week, this month, this year, or however long you've been listening to the podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. And thank you very, very much. Uh, I wish you and yours, we wish you and yours, uh, a wonderful and hopefully restful time as well. There we go. Let the boys play. Let the boys play.